are about to hear a life-changing message preached at Revival International Memphis by the Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. In this Sunday's message, Reverend Lindsay continues the message series, The Powerful Effects of the Assembly. The assembly brings about unity. We are to be each other's keeper, looking out for and helping one another. The assembly prevents you from being a mocker. When you are an active part of something, you are less likely to complain. The assembly causes your needs to be met and prophecies happen in the assembly. It is such a blessing to be part of the assembly. So let us all listen into this anointed word and endeavor to be fully plugged into God's assembly, the church. Be blessed. There is no other, other faith. Cannot do this. Don't try this at home. You may be stuck. Oh, how I love the name of Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Give the Lord a mighty shout offering. Father, this morning we are so grateful for the gift of life and for the grace to enjoy it what would we do if you took our breath away man was just a dust and you breathe into his nostrils the breath of life man became a living soul we are grateful that just the magical miraculous influence of the breath only gives us life looks like nothing but it's everything we are grateful therefore we present ourselves before you to worship to adore you to proclaim in public that we belong to you and we call the king of kings abba father holy spirit take your place speak to us and to edification exaltation and comfort in Jesus Christ's mighty name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. Turn to somebody, say, You are a beautiful person, serving a beautiful God in a beautiful church. Therefore, have a beautiful smile. Tell someone, Let me check out your smile. All right, is it beautiful? All right, I got you, I got you. Mine is more beautiful than yours. You may please be seated. I, 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 Manuel, you don't believe that my smile is be- more beautiful than yours. Ask Auntie Wilmina. Yeah. There's a reason she sits by me all the time. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Well, we want to continue what we started last week by the grace of God. 
last week we talked about the power of the assembly or powerful effects of the assembly good to see you sister Cheryl clap for the Lord Jesus amen I just want you know the Bible says that um, Hebrew chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 consider one another to provoke one another and to love and to good works you know there's only one place that both of them can take place in church that you are provoked to love no matter what you should love it's only one place that when somebody slaps you they say turn the other cheek it's only one place that it is said that love even your enemies only one place that is preached that's the truth to consider one another to provoke is a place where we provoke to love and love is key love is key love is key bible says covet earnestly the best gift there abided what faith hope and love these three but the greatest of all is love clap for jesus is the church that provokes the greatest gift love provoke one another to love consider what to provoke to love and to good works not evil works you know when i joined the church i had some evil works but my evil works were not as bad as manuel's evil works yeah victoria was terrible i mean victoria <laughs> i haven't told you which which one of them but i think she knows herself <laughs> but i was terrible and the bible says uh, provoked to love and good works i had a lot of evil works but in the church i mean i have been provoked to good works my good works has been provoked so much i've even become a preacher from a nightclub to a preacher clap for sister casey amen powerful effect of the assembly that's the very first member of this church nobody can take that away from here clap for the lord jesus yeah amen so i develop good works bible says how do you do that by verse 25 hebrews 10 25 by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some is the manner of some but exhorting and encouraging one another to do that so much the more as you see the day approaching Brothers, i do you understand that the bible says that as the day is approaching we should provoke one another to do love to show love and to do good works because those are the things that will matter when it's all over but as we see the day approaching we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together because that's where that is done but it's the manner of some some people have that habit Ask somebody, do you have a habit of not going to church? <laughs> tell, tell, and let, don't, don't answer. Tell the person, that person didn't come. That person didn't come. You can look behind you too. If somebody's face is threatening you like Sister Casey, leave her to me. I will deal with her. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord Jesus. <laughs> 
Amen. Tell somebody, respect our oldest sister before you are kicked out. <laughs> anyway, but the Bible says, don't forsake, don't do it. Don't forsake assembling of ourselves together. Don't forsake church. Don't. Tell somebody, don't. Tell somebody, don't do it again. Tell somebody, I didn't see you last week. But don't do it again. Amen. Tell somebody, I won't do it again. Not forsake him. Victoria, don't let me mention your name. Okay. <laughs> Clap for Sister Victoria. She's threatening someone. I didn't say threaten, I said be gentle. Yeah, we provoke to love, not to threat. He said, don't do it again. I thought that I would come out. Anyway, but God says, don't do it again. Amen. Uh, so don't do it again. But rather, instead of not coming, encourage another to come. That's what the Bible is saying. If that's your habit, the best way to, to, to kick out of that habit is not only to come, but to encourage others to come. Uh -huh. Encouraging one another and doing even the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah. So it means that if you were in the habit of just inviting your household, now inviting the neighbor's household, now invite your colleague, encourage others. Amen. And last week we tried to find out why it's a powerful thing. And I told you that the best person to find out, if you can't find out something that is, uh, you, you have to find out from the word. That's Jesus the Bible. Now, there's another person who you can find out from. But you can find out from his behavior. And that's the devil. Yeah. He appears only where he can take advantage of things and people. Job chapter 1 verse 6. Bible says there was a certain day God met, decided to, the children of God decided to present themselves before their father. The sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. God didn't invite them. They just came. You know, you shouldn't be called before you present yourself before the presence of God. I'll say it again. They presented themselves before the Lord. They were not called. They were not, in, they were not woken up. They didn't wait. Yeah. They presented themselves. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, you don't need to open it. I beseech you, beloved brethren, that you present yourself. You have to present as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. It's not an unreasonable thing. I encourage you by the message of God that you present your bodies, present your bodies a living sacrifice. So, Satan, the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord. And the Bible says, and Satan also came among them. Tell somebody, Satan goes to church. Therefore, I'm surprised that Christians don't go to church. And tell the person, I'm not like that. I'm better than Satan. 
<laughs> don't mind him, okay? Casey, don't mind Brother Michael. In fact, I'm going to move him away very soon. He has no respect for our oldest sister. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, now watch this carefully. Don't joke with this. It's serious. When the place that when people are running away from somebody and then where you are supposed to have safety the person you thought was a danger also tries to find safety over there then it means you were smart where you went to find safety because the person you thought was a danger he himself finds safety where you are finding safety yeah now if anybody believes in the reality of hell satan demons evil spirits and you find solace and protection and preservation in the presence of god and you see that satan also comes there you might be doubly sure that you are in the right place because this is the only place that when satan came god warned him against his people yeah he said i'm telling you you are here but those who are here who safety you cannot touch them see the brothers you see here you can't touch any of them and then satan said oh i know i know i know i know job see have you tried my servant job he's a just man he is a perfect man and satan started now narrating how god has protected job says you put a shield around him around his household around everything that he has on every side and he said you bless the works of job's hands and his substance is increased upon the land satan has a document a dossier about christians but the great thing is he can't do much against them if they are sons and daughters yeah. stop blaming the devil for the evils if things if you are a proper child of god and evil things happen to you it means god has allowed it and god has allowed it he will restore clap for the lord jesus yeah he told the devil yeah yeah my son you are here you can't touch him i protect and Satan said, i know you are protected obviously satan had been trying so hard because he knew the extent of protection around job he's tried about his house He's tried about him, tried about his house, about his things. It never worked. The only time he was able to do was when God says, okay, I give you power. I release him to you. Let me tell you, if you, Bible says in Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the, dwelleth, lives in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Did you hear that? What did I say? You didn't hear it. So pay attention. He that dwells, dwells means yashab. It means make your home in the house of God. Anyone who dwells, dwelling place is your living place where you live. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you are under somebody's shadow, it means the person is close to you. The person is protected. It's like a bodyguard. For somebody's shadow to be upon you, it's like this shall abide under the shadow you are under the person must be above you we are covered clap for the lord jesus 
It's a good place to be. Satan yearns to be there. Satan in his frustration, he comes to God to say, can you release some of these people for me? They've been around you for too long. I can't do anything against them. Can you cause somebody to stop coming to church a little bit? So I can have him for food. So I can take charge. You are too close to them. They are too close to you. They dwell under. He's making a request. The Bible says you incited me against Job. Incited God. Forced me. I think it's Job chapter 2 verse 8. Find, find it. Or 13 something. He said, although you incited me against him, he still held his integrity. Amen. But what I want to tell you about today is that and not certain things they go once. The Bible says in Job chapter 2, verse 1. Uh-huh. Job chapter 2, verse 1. Watch this. Again, there was another day when the sons of God came again to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them again to present himself again before the Lord. He went to church again. When someone said, ah, are you going to church again? You're always going to church. Tell them, ah, Satan does it all the time. Tell somebody again. Tell somebody I'll come again next week. And again the following week. And every week again. You know, to win, to win, you, your talent must be more than the other person. If Satan goes to church more than you, brother. And then verse 2, look at this, verse 2, verse 2. And the Lord said to Satan, from whence do you come? Satan said to the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth. From walking back and forth, aimless. Then the next verse. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered again my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil, and he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not everybody who is having problems, who is a sinner? Stop judging people. Just because somebody doesn't have a car like you does not make him a less of a Christian. That the devil is on his case. No, no, no. You'll be surprised. Heaven, you'll see who will be in a mansion in a better thing. Said, people go through trouble not necessarily because they are sinful. Not because they're backslidden. And in case it's even true, why do you make it an issue? Why don't you help the person? Oh, because of your problems. That's why you are suffering. No. You said the point. But anyway, the point of it is Satan goes to church several times. Tell somebody several times. Multiple times. Not once a month. Not once in two weeks. The following time when the people met, he was there again. So the question is, why is it that Satan is so interested in church? See, when he came, he didn't have, he was frustrated walking to and fro. He had no aim and God gave him an aim. God gave him a vision. Have you tried this? Tried this, didn't work. Try that. Yeah, give him a job. He failed. He couldn't. Job actually, Satan should not have touched Job. 
you know there are certain people when you touch them and they lose anything god will give them double oh yeah you are that kind of person in jesus name oh yeah yeah there are certain people because of the way they love god and their integrity with god anytime you find them they've lost something god is bringing a better one yeah yeah clap for the lord jesus oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'll say it again the way your christianity is and the way you love god you shouldn't be afraid of any loss because a replacement better than what you lost is coming oh yeah when i lost my job i cried like a baby but i will never on earth have thought that there were jobs i actually told my wife what job can i get than what i have my wife told me you're worth something keep serving god something better will come and it's been good yeah that's why the bible says if any man will give up house children husband oh, i mean wife mother father for my name's sake for my name's sake he will gain a hundredfold houses children everything with persecution and in the world to come eternal life that is god there's nothing you will lose for the sake of the lord that you will not get better clap for the lord jesus there's there's nothing yeah i gave my wife up for full-time ministry a physician she did better in school than i did and we negotiated she said she wants to go full time to serve God. But I paid all, I worked hard to pay for exam fees for her to come to America. When she got here, she said, I want to serve God. I don't want to do medicine. It was difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a spirit of the Lord told me that, you know, if you give up your wife, you will get much better. I've got a nicer wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When God gave me the wife, she was very small. She's grown. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. She's really grown. She's grown in size, in numbers. Also, I have three boys. Yeah. When I was my I told her to have and to hold. She told me, oh, I'm put on weight. I want to lose weight. I said, why? He said, because it's not. I said, I like you as you are. Because the more I can have, the more I can hold. Clap for Jesus. Yeah. God has blessed me. She's much nicer than she was when I gave her up to God. She came with three children. And what a blessing. That will be your story. And last week we started to narrate why. Why is this such an important thing? What are some of the powerful effects of the gathering that entices evil people like Satan? Yeah. And we realized that number one, who remembers number one reason? Yeah. Because the church is a place of edification. Let me read the scripture to you. First Corinthians chapter 14. From let's read from verse 1 to 4. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Amen. Keep going. Verse 2. 
For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. Everything about this chapter is about the church and how things operate. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Then verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks unto edification, unto exhortation, and to comfort to men. These three things. We went to three reasons why in the church, when you come and you hear the prophetic words, you hear preaching, what is ex- you are exposed to is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Hallelujah. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Hallelujah. So the first reason when you come to church, you get edification, edified. And last week we learned that the word edify, the meaning of the word edify. Do you remember? It means to strengthen and to build up. Yes. To build up and to strengthen. It means to improve somebody. It means to educate, to teach, to uplift. When you come to church, you are uplifted. You are strengthened. And we read from the book of John, I mean, uh, Psalm 84 verse 7. Bible says that they grow from strength to strength. Everyone who makes an appearance before the Lord in Zion. Yeah, they grow from strength to strength. I am spiritually stronger than when I was not in church. You get stronger, emotionally stronger, spiritually stronger, even physically stronger. Yeah. You are more stable in your mind. I will do this. I can do this. I can stop sinning. I can do well in life. I can I I can move well. I can finish my school. Yeah. Church is a place of edification, strengthening. You come to be strengthened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come to be strengthened. And I told you. And then the next thing is you come to be comforted. And the next thing you come to be encouraged or exalted. Exhort to encourage. Sometimes you come to church and you are discouraged. Jesus will say in the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 is, Come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come. When people have issues, oh, I don't want to see anybody. You know, today I feel emotionally down, so I just want to be by myself. Listen, loneliness kills. Oh, yeah. Loneliness kills. The Lord knew that some of us would be lonely, so he made arrangement that you will not die before your time. Because he said in Psalm 68 and verse number 6, he says, the Lord puts the solitary into families. He puts, he sets the lonely in families. Tell somebody the church is my family. The church is not a club, it's a family. It's a family of brothers and sisters. Sorry. You are my brother. You see, I just stepped on the toe. I said, oh no, you're not my family. You stepped on my toe. That's what family does. Yeah. You are my brother. You are my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us. 
When we walk inside by side, as long as there is love, we will stand. As long as there is love, I'm telling you. God sets the solitary into families. Say amen. It sets the solitary. My friend was so lonely, he killed himself. Yeah. You know, when Job lost everything, he said, why did he even live? But you know, he had some friends. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. But at least the friends were there. But there was one brother. He was not named among the friends. Because Eliphaz and the two friends, they were not. But Elihu, Elihu, who started speaking in chapter 32 of Job, he encouraged Job. He said, Job, what you're saying is not correct, but you know, it's going to be okay. Because Job never took his life. Job was so lonely, so broken. Church will encourage you. Church will exhort you. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6, David, his wife's children, everybody had been taken. And the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he told his pastor, he went to church and spoke to Pastor Job, Pastor, his pastor over there. And the Bible says, you know, I mean, print 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And then they said, bring me the effort. Pastor, can I pray? Pastor, can I come to church? Pastor, can I come and join? Now, David was greatly distressed, distressed, depressed. The people even spoke of stoning him because his soul, the soul of all the people were grieved. Everybody was sad. The Bible says, every man from, for his sons and for his daughters, they cried. But David encouraged. King James says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And then verse 7. And verse 7. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son. He went to church and spoke to pastor. He was encouraged. He said, I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. In other words, let's set up a prayer meeting. Let's set up a prayer meeting. And they prayed and they prayed. Now when they finished, look at verse 8. David verse 8. David inquired of the, at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover. Oh, clap for the Lord Jesus. That was in church. That was after prayer. Amen. So it's a very fantastic thing. To encourage, you know, to be encouraged means to call somebody aside to purpose, for the purpose of strengthening. It means to put confidence back in the troops. Yes. It means to speak good words so as to encourage or to cheer up somebody. It means to reassure. You know, reassure means somebody was sure, but it's not sure anymore. Reassure means to put surety or, or certainty back in the person. Yeah. Sometimes you, you, you don't think you can do something. David was wondering, can I? Bible says after coming to church, he was encouraged. You can do it. You can do it. Go. Pursue. You will recover. Tell somebody, try again. It will work. Try again. It will work. Try again. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Sometimes they lay hands on you and just the prayer alone. Somebody's testimony encourages you. 
you come and realize, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. This person also has that issue. And then we get together and we pray. The Lord will encourage you in Jesus' name. So these are the th some of the three effects. You know. Now, the fourth effect of the assembly, fourth powerful effect, is it encourages, the assembly is powerful because it encourages unity. Somebody say unity. United. We are one. We are one. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 32 to 33, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. They were united. Neither said of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. Nobody said, this is mine. This is only mine. You see, unity is, I'll, I'll tell you, but, but they had all things common. And with great power, they gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Great grace was upon them all. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 to 47. Bible says, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, let me tell you something. God expects us to be united. God expects it's more blessed to give than to receive. There are people who are in church that are very selfish i mean when you are driving from one place and somebody is there you cannot even pick the person god is expecting the way he set up the church is for a union it should be united bible says how good and pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity yeah bible says in the kingdom there's neither jew nor greek nor male nor female well there should be no schisms or divisions when we say you are in this bar center, it doesn't mean that you are different. We are one, but for the sake of categorization, that is why we have this bar center or that bar center or the choir, but we are one. That's why we break bread a lot. That's why last week we ate, and this week there are some cakes that we are going to eat. That's the truth. That's why last week I shared a brother's pair of shoes. Because you have shoes I have shoes. Today I'm eyeing some shoes right in front here too. He's hiding, he's hiding it. I can easily take my shoes and then get a new one. They had all things common. They had all things common. Hallelujah. They had, we had one father. One, when there's unity in the church. You know, let me tell you something. Sometimes you may not necessarily give somebody food, but your smile is more than food. It's time for the church to see each other as family rather than as church member. Yeah. It's time to see that these are my brothers and sisters. We are united as one. Heaven where we are going, where we shall live forever, there shall be no differentiations. There's no Greek or Jew. Joy. You may have the different last name. Westmoreland means you are in the west of the mall. I may be central, 
but we are one. Clap for the Lord Jesus. We are one. Christian is our last name. Christ, the anointed one, the people who have the spirit of God. The Bible says that when we are born again, that which was the born of the flesh is flesh. John chapter 3. Michael, your mother may have given to you, birth to you. My mother too gave birth to me. That is flesh. That which is born of the flesh. Stop the fleshly things here. But Bible says when you are born again, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Therefore, we have the spirit of God, all of us. That's why we are called Christians. Do you know what Christ means? It's not Jesus' last name. Joseph was not called Joseph Christ. Mary was not Mrs. Christ. So Jesus Christ is not like, I mean, Michael Boyd, the last name. No, no, it was a name that was given the anointed one. The one that has the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God. Therefore, when we come together, we all, anybody who has the spirit of Christ, we are one. Actually, John chapter 8 and verse number 9. The Bible says that if you don't have the spirit of God, you don't even belong. The real reason that we are together says and they john chapter 8 verse 9 john chapter 8 um oh romans chapter 8 verse 9 sorry bring me romans chapter 8 and verse number 9 and watch this you are not in the flesh you are not void that which is born of the flesh is flesh i know that was your last name you are but you are not of the flesh but you are in the spirit if so be that the spirit of god dwells in you brother michael Mr. Boyd. Now, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not one of his. In other words, when you have the spirit of Christ, you are Christ. Then it goes on to verse 29 to explain that therefore we are all brothers and sisters. We are united. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the same image as the Son. That he, Jesus Christ, will be the firstborn among many brethren. Tell somebody, you're my brother, you just didn't know. You're my sister, you just didn't know. Amen. Did you know that? Tell somebody, we are one. We are one. Church is the place of unity. We are united as one. You know, union gives rights to unity. When we commune, we must be united. Union is the physical assembly. But unity is the oneness in the heart. Let your heart accept the fact that you are amongst brothers and sisters. If I'm having my wedding, do you, who do you think is going to be the majority of people that will attend? You think it's going to be my workmates? It's going to be the church. Yeah. You know, I got a new name called Emmanuel. Yeah. And I'm going to have a christening very soon. Apostle Joe is going to come and do a baby dedication. No, adult dedication for my new name. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Who do you think I'll invite? We need to be each other's keepers. We need to be one. The church is the place where that... Even I've been telling people, if you want a business done, look, you want for HVAC, find out, is there anybody who does HVAC in the church? And there is. And there is. And when they also ask you to do business, try and reduce it a little for the brother or for the sister. Why not? Why not? 
Why not a discount? And when somebody does your job, try and pay the person and pay promptly. Christians sometimes make it difficult to become together. They make it difficult to do business. Sometimes the most wicked people to do business can be Christians. Because sometimes they want to take advantage. But it shouldn't be. Hallelujah. So let's be united. Let's be one. The church is a united body. That's why we call it the body of Christ. The hand. The bo- we are tightly joined. That is the place where your birthday, they announce your birthday and everybody is clapping. That's a place you can be celebrated. That's a place that we can actually draw you and say, do you know sister, this sister, that is them. Oh, when brother Kenny died, it was such a beautiful thing. Everybody, when the tears were flowing, I said this, I never saw such tears from my own relatives when my mother died. It's stunning. Tell somebody, we are united, we are one. So the church is a powerful assembly because of the unity. Number five, the assembly is powerful because it prevents you from turning into a mocker. Mocking people. Scoffing. You don't mock people when you are in the church. Now, how do I know? Jude chapter 1. Jude is only one chapter. From verse 18. Give me New Living Translation. Mockers. Jude chapter 1 verse 18. The Bible says, How that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Now, verse 19. Bible says that these such people are the ones who create divisions. Give me New King James. New King James. Such ones, these be they. These are such people. They are sensual persons, cause divisions, not having the spirit. King James. King James said, these be they who separate themselves. Separate themselves. Sensual, not having the spirit. Now, you see the point that we're making here is that there are mockers. There will be mockers. People who mock. You cannot easily say Jesus Christ is accursed if you have the Spirit of God. Church prevents you from having that mockery. People who come to church are less likely to say bad things. They do. But they are less likely. Mockers. Mockers. When you see people, the way that they talk, unfortunately, sometimes when you see somebody start talking bad and terrible, spiritually they've left they are backslidden. But when you are deep, it is when people are doing commentary, com- commentators, they don't join the game. They don't play anything. They don't even know how to play. But they know how to criticize, how to mock. Oh, he should have done this. Why did he even wait? Hold on to the ball. Why? Oh my goodness. I can't believe that he didn't make that. They are coaching from the sidelines. They don't understand what goes on. One of the things that happens to you is when you join the church properly, you are less likely to become judgmental. Even if I preach, and today the preaching didn't go your way, you are not likely to criticize. You will be praying for me. Next time it will be okay. Yeah. 
That is the reason why you must join some ministry in church. That's the reason why you must do some, join the dancing stars, join the praise and worship team, join the choir, join the instrumentalists, join the media team, do something. Don't become a commentator outside. You'll become a mocker. Amen. So when you join the church properly and you are regular, you tend to understand how things work and you're like, less likely to be a mocker. Hallelujah. Number six, the assembly is powerful because it causes your needs to be met. Hallelujah. It causes your needs to be met. I found my wife in church. That's the truth. My need for friends in church. You need a carpenter, you find it in church. You can ask me for many things. There are people who their car break down and they, they call their shepherd. It's a need. There are some people that come, my children are not doing well in mathematics. I said, oh, I know Brother Kwesi and I know a professor called Pastor Richard. Mathematicians. Yeah. Oh, my child, you know, had this issue. I have been there when people had called me. That, oh, my child had this issue and I called. One day, somebody called me. Thank, please thank Brother Michael for me. I said, for what? And so my child had an issue and I couldn't go to the school. And I called Brother Michael, my shepherd. Brother Michael went straight to the school and dealt with my child's issue. Clap for Jesus. What a family. I said, oh, if I knew this, I would have been in church early when I was a child. Because I caused a lot of trouble. Nobody came to rescue me. I should have had a brother, Michael. I should have had a brother, Michael. My needs were met. When I have marital issues, I get counsel. When I have job-related issues, I get counsel. What are some of the courses that you can choose? People who are finishing school and they finished high school they don't know what their children should choose as a career they come we have career counselors all over the place somebody told me i have an issue with my parents about this and about that i said no problem no problem i have people who have had issues with their parents that have resolved they have become counselors i will refer you to them. church will meet your needs clap for the lord what a powerful effect the next thing is that the church is a powerful thing because prophecies will happen there. Prophecies. Prophecies. Second um, Peter chapter 2, I believe it's 19. Says we have this sure word of prophecy. You know. I think it's Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, or, or Second Peter chapter 2, verse 19. Bring one of them. Let's see. Which one is this? We have this sure word of prophecy. Please bring the verse 18. Try verse 18. But bring me a sure word of prophecy. Sure word of prophecy. Bible says that, I think it's chapter 1. But, you know, Bible calls the word of God sure word of prophecy. You know, sometimes you come to church and they speak a word into your life. They speak a word into your life. And the word comes, to, the word comes alive. Jesus Christ said in John, uh-huh. We also have a more sure word of prophecy. Where until you do well to take heed. It's like a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Listen. Don't tell anybody this. 
I had a friend who was a Christian. I didn't know she was a Christian. When I was growing up, she used to preach to me. She took me to church and all that. One day, you know, the way the lady was treating me, I thought she was in love with me. I really thought so. And I didn't know that I was falling in love. I had a crush on her. My spiritual mother. I had a crush on my spiritual mother. So one day, as the lady was talking to me and giving me hints about what to do, Bible study, I held her and I pulled her close to me. I tried to kiss her. My spiritual mother. I held her so tight and she shoved me away. Someone say, oh, pastor, pastor, pastor. When she shoved me away, I still remember. She said, may the Lord forgive you your sins. And I forgive you. But you know something? I'm praying for you. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a pastor one day. What you have done, you're going to prevent people. The way that you've helped me now, you're going to prevent people from holding people this way. I remember very well where I was standing. Yeah. Outside by some tree. She shocked me. I didn't know that ladies can have power like that. Yeah, I was coming from a nightclub. So I thought that when somebody gets close to you and he starts picking you up, and but by the way, if anybody picks you up as a church member, it doesn't mean they are in love with you. Your pastor made that mistake. And the prophecy was that I was going to correct that mistake. Therefore, when you join that car and they keep calling you, are you coming to church? We are not proposing love. Let me correct it right here now. Don't be like pastors old days. Be pure. I'll be a pastor. The prophecy has come to pass. Today I prophesy that it shall be well with you. You know, sometimes Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. Bible says, Say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with them. 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 They will eat the good of their doing. It shall be well with them. It shall be well with them. When I speak a word, it's a prophetic word, God inspired word. It's called a sure word of prophecy. It's so important for those who believe that one day I've told you many times. A lady came and said, when I come, pastor, and I pay my tithes, and you are making the prophecy, speak to me. Say to me, may my husband love me. And I told the woman exactly that. May your husband love you. Oh, and then the husband has been good. It's like God created a new husband in that husband. May the prophecies work in your life. May you do better than your parents did. May no disease that affected your parents ever affect you in Jesus' name. Don't take it for granted. Do not take it for granted. One day, my minister shepherd showed me a scripture and spoke it over me. It was Hebrew chapter 1 verse 9. In church, I will never forget that. He told me, because I had become born again properly, no holding tight to my Christian mothers. No trying to kiss my Christian mothers. As a matter of fact, somebody rather tried to kiss me. I, I, I pushed the person away. I had become like Joseph. And my, my minister shepherd knew it. And he said, 
because you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness therefore god uh, lift the king, new king james uh -huh. even your god has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions and my minister looked at me and said that any group you are in you become better than them i said amen say amen Anytime you hear prophecy in church, say amen. You don't lose anything. God watches upon his word to perform. Sorry. Bible says he created the world by his word. In church, lives are recreated. My life is different from the life I used to. My life is different through the words that were spoken through the counsel that was given through the prophetic words the word of god is life jesus christ said in john 6 63 watch this carefully in church he said it is the spirit that quickness the flesh profiteth nothing the words that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life yeah only in church prophetic words prophetic words prophetic words God created the world with his word he said let there be and there was that has not changed even God who called the things that be not as though they were he caused the things into being yeah anytime that Bishop Dag is praying in the flow and is prophetically pronouncing blessings I kneel down and said, I receive it. I receive it. I receive. My life has been changed. You see, the thing is that you cannot watch. Ah, they spoke this word. So has it changed the person right now? Just like being born again. You, if you're black, you're still black. But the signs will manifest with time. Yeah. The sign will manifest. That's why the Bible says the word is a seed. That is why the devil is not happy that people come to church because that seed will transform them yeah 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 yeah. bible says is any man be in christ he's a new creature all things are passed away behold all things are become new how do you think people change the prophetic word it has power it's inspired of god prophecy means inspired declarations decrease job chapter 22 verse 28 it's in church that these things happen i can assure you if you like, don't believe it. Life, life is in the time. Job, he says, you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine in your ways. Bring in James. says, you will decree something and it will come to pass. You shall also decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. When God's spirit is inside of you, the same spirit... Bible says we carry the spirit of God. Mind you, remember that we carry the spirit of God. Therefore, the spirit of God that created the world by his word is inside of you. He made us in his image. And therefore, when he makes a pastor to represent him, God is recreating people, recreating and decreeing things to come to pass. The prophetic word of the church is meant to transform people's lives. It's meant to bring to life things that we used not to exist. He called the world into existence by prophetic words. 
Yeah, my wife has seen it. He said I should try not to joke with my words. Yeah. Pay attention and be intentional with your words. Every Christian, as you come and the Spirit of the Lord fills you, your words become words of power. That's why you should watch. Oh, you know, one person as a Christian said, Oh, this is my cancer. This is my, it's just a spot. And it became cancerous. Prophetic words will come to pass. That's the power of the assembly. Bible says when you come, then somebody has a prophecy. Somebody has a revelation. Somebody has a doctrine. Somebody has a counsel. Somebody, but it's all in spite of God. There is no word that's of any private interpretation. Bring that scripture. But all these words were inspired by God. No word is a private interpretation. They were inspired by God. So the word of God that is spoken is spoken to transform people. It's spoken to transform people right here in this church. As you, God speaks into your life, you are transformed from one image to another, one level of grace to another. That is the church that God has given you. And you better sit up and believe it. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture, it's a prophecy, scripture is prophecy sure word of prophecy or it's of any private interpretation sometimes i read the scripture and said i speak this into my life i am more than a conqueror depression cannot overcome me no demon no weapon formed against me shall prosper every tongue lifted up against me in judgment i condemn because this is the right of the servants of god and my righteousness is of god oh yeah 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 you should put scripture there. Only in church does that power carry. Bible said, know this first before anything else. That there is no prophecy of scripture that is of any private interpretation. But, verse 21, 2 Peter chapter 2, 1, chapter 1, verse 21. For the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Prophecy is inspired words moved that God moves people by the Holy Ghost to speak. I declare that it shall be well with you. It shall be well with your children. It shall be well with your career. It shall be well with your health. It shall be well with your life. It shall be well with your thought processes in the name of Jesus Christ. We are not fools here. We are very well educated. We have understanding. We are not just throwing words about. Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they who are take pleasure or love it will eat the fruit of it. It's only in church that you see that word of prophecy. You have the spirit of God. Some of you, if you only knew the Bible, you're going somewhere, you have to open the Bible and speak a prophetic word into your life. That's the power of the assembly. That's the power of the assembly. And God, Bible says he watches his word. John chapter 1 verse 12. Eh? The second part, he said, he said, what do you see? What do you see? And the second verse, he hastened his word to perform it. He watches his word to perform it.
He watches his word, New King James. He watches upon his word to perform. Yeah. John chapter 1. I mean, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. The B part. That's what he does. Me, unless you don't come to me, I pray for you. After that, I will prophesy over you. Prayer meeting, I will prophesy over you. I will speak the best words over your life. May every demon now struggle with that word. Yeah. I will speak it. That's how God does. He hastens, I will hasten my word to perform it. Yeah. There's a scripture, I believe it's in Romans chapter 4, maybe verse 19. He says, God is like that. Even God, who calls the things that are not, that don't exist, as though they were. He speaks them into. May that trouble in your marriage begin to dissipate in Jesus' name. May that trouble at your workplace dissipate in Jesus' name. Yeah. As it is written, Father of many nations, before him who believed, even God, who quickens the dead, dead things, and calls those things which be not as though they were. They don't exist, but they will come to exist. Oh, yeah. I like to speak prophetic words. And it's in the church that God gives that power. Hallelujah. God gives that power. May God give you that power. May God give that power. May God give you that power. In the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that there are treasures in the house of God. And as I conclude on this, before we continue next, I want to share with you Psalm 65 verse 4. Bible says, Behold, blessed is the man whom God chooses and causes to approach unto him in his tabernacle, that he may dwell in God's courts. Bible says, We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, even of your holy temple. Tell somebody you'll be satisfied with the church's blessings. There is goodness in the house of the Lord. There is goodness in the house of the Lord. There is goodness in the house of the Lord. If there was no goodness, Satan would not come there. Let me tell you, the first thing we call garden in the Bible, that Adam and Eve, that was the church. God provided everything. Satan came to destroy everything. And his ultimate aim was to kick them out of the garden. Because Satan himself, he knew what he had with God before he was kicked out. He wanted mankind to be kicked out. I can assure you, so long as you remain in church, things will try to kick you out. Satan will try to kick you out. Offenses will try to kick you out. Your feelings will try to kick you out. You will rise up in the morning and you will have feelings. I mean, there are certain sicknesses they only come Sunday mornings. Oh, yeah. Huh. There are, if you are experienced in marriage, we call, there are certain quarrels they only come at weekends when you are preparing to go to church. It is demonic. Adam and Eve were peaceful. They met with God on a regular basis. 
One time God came and said, Adam, where are you? Bible says these people normally they come in the cool of the day like this beautiful morning God came and said no no we don't want to be with you anymore Bible says they hid themselves in the trees of the garden from the presence of God who was the cause the devil sometimes on Sunday morning or Saturday night that's when they'll bring you drugs that's when somebody will entice you for a hangover with alcohol oh yeah that is when your boss will call you and tell you i have overtime for you tomorrow oh yeah 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 that is when you go you get and you crank your car and suddenly says no no response i tell you this place we call church is not a small place highly spiritual highly spiritual highly spiritual and so long as you stay in the house of the lord they that dwell in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and i will say of the lord he is my refuge he is my fortress he is my god in him will i trust yeah in him faith comes when you keep coming like that the devil is trying to kick you out big time from the presence of God where your blessing is. I see many people whose blessings are secured and packaged waiting for you. God is just testing. God gave Adam and Eve, stay in the garden. I provided everything but they were enticed to leave. Look how much we are struggling to come back to that kingdom. Look how much we are struggling. And I gave you all these powerful effects to let you know that you are not making a mistake. Tell somebody you are not making a mistake coming to church. There's a prophetic word for you. There's an encouragement for you. There's a prayer for you. There's unity for you. There's a smile. There are angels assigned to you. There are blessings of God Almighty for you. Yeah. There's a life worth living. There's provocation unto good works. Your best character has not yet shown. As the word of God comes, as the counsel of God comes, as the exhortation, the counsel, as the knowledge of God, doctrines about love, about forgiveness, doctrines about loyalty and faithfulness, doctrines about hard work. There is no better book than the Bible. There's no school. School gives you knowledge. But life skill, it is only the Bible that teaches you. Governments use the Bible. Where do you think in God we trust came from? On the American currency. Where do you think in the constitution that they came from? The laws of the Bible. And there's no school that teaches better about love than the church school life that's why the devil doesn't he'll make you go to Harvard to U of M <laughs> CBU <laughs> whatever you call it Southwest, West South West Moreland, whichever school but 
one school which charges nothing. There's no enrollment fee. There's no registration need to be done. There is nothing. There is no ACT, SAT, nothing. You qualify just as you are. No dress code, nothing. But that is the thing. Look. The fact that something is a gift and has no charge does not mean it has no value. Yeah. Does not mean it has no value. If I give you a Mercedes, cost was zero, but it still costs tens and maybe hundreds of thousands. There is nothing as valuable as the word of God, as the counsel of God, as the spirit of God, as the anointing of God. Here, they are angels. They are angels. There's the blood of the sprinkling that forgives you your sins. Look at Brother Spencer. When he came, he was such a rogue like his pastor was. Look at him today. Such a beauty of a gentleman. Yeah. Such a beauty. Look at such a beautiful girl married to him. Your husband is about to come. Your marriage is about to be done in the name of Jesus Christ. You are going to get the best children. Look, brother Carr, brother Carr, who's at the back. The anointing God has put on him. I remember when he walked into the church, he had nothing. His hair was scattered all over the place. Today he had beard like Peter because of the anointing. To take care of our children. All these children, they started being taught up by him. Look how beautiful Christians they have become risen up where else will you get that you can't get it in schools schools now they can't even correct you when you misbehave where else will they correct you will they tell you sit down just yeah. some of them in their homes they are rowdy uncontrollable they've been diagnosed all kinds of things but they enter the place the spirit of god is there the anointing is there. in the classroom of babies people start now lining up behaving, learning to sit down, learning to obey. What do you think has happened? Bible says in Isaiah 54 verse 13, I the Lord will teach your children myself. And Bible says great will be their peace. I prophesy peace in your life, peace in your family, peace in your career, peace in your emotion, peace of mind as you continually engage and wrap shoulders with Christ. Iron sharpens iron. I don't care what problem you have. Remember your pastor was raised in a nightclub. But today he's a preacher. Your greatest life is about to come. So long as you keep staying in the presence of God. With the power of God. Under the anointing of God Almighty. God has a future. Isaiah 3.10 Say to the righteous. It shall be well with them. It shall be well with them. Shall be well. Next week, I will teach you how to get the best out of the church. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. From now, cook up gladness, even when there's depression. And tell yourself, Psalm 122 will help me. I don't feel like going to church, but I will be like David. Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord put your hands together and rise to your feet clap for the lord jesus
Tell somebody I'm better than Satan. He cannot outwit me. He cannot outwit me. Lift up your hand and say, Thank you, Father, for giving me a home, for giving me a house. I will encourage myself to be here all the time, to be in your presence all the time. I will encourage others to be in your presence all the time. Ah, more brothers and sisters will join you, Father, in this family house. Put your hand on your heart. And tell the Lord, fill me with your spirit. Make me your bona fide child with your inheritance. The blessings of your house. The blessings of your house. The blessings of your house. Make me like David. Let me love your presence. Let me be glad when it's time to come and worship you. To come and praise you. In Jesus name now with all eyes closed and all heads bowed please search your heart ask yourself that do I love the Lord's presence am I always glad when they say when Sunday says to me let us go to the house of the Lord do I bear grudge do I resist it do I fight it do I make excuses the Lord is telling you sometimes spirits are behind. Listen, I have to bind a whole lot of spirits every weekend for your sake. I mentioned you by name. Today, put your hand on your heart and tell the Lord I'm ready for your presence. I will not hide from you. I will never hide from your presence anymore. I will not be like Adam and Eve. I will do better than the devil, than Satan. I will be regular in your presence. I need you, Lord. I need your house. I need your prophetic word. I need your encouragement. I need prayer. I need the unity with the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for everybody. I speak life into everybody's situation. I speak your blessing. I speak prosperity. I speak healing. I speak deliverance. I speak elevation, promotion. I speak peace, love. I speak your anointing to break every yoke to every life in Jesus' name. Now, if you are here, you want to come to the Lord Jesus spiritually. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to tell the Lord, I want to start afresh. Give me another chance to do better with you. You want to say that. You want to say, Lord, I am coming, surrendering fully today for the blessing you have stored in your house. If you want to give your life in surrender to the Lord, totally and final, then lift up your right hand, wherever you are. Anybody who wants to do it, lift up your right hand. You want to give your life totally to God. Surrender to God. In every way lift up your right hand now if your hand is lifted come to me come to me clap for the Lord Jesus father bless your daughter now all of you say this after me father thank you 
for the life of David. Say it. Say thank you for the life of David. I surrender to your full control. I surrender to your home. Your home is my home. Your church, your sanctuary is my place of peace. I receive you. I receive Jesus as my personal savior. Say it as my personal savior. And my Lord, please forgive me all my sins, all my excuses, all my reasons are not real. I know it and I'm going to do better. Help me, Jesus, because you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and bless me in every way possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, weren't you blessed by that anointed word of God? Come join our services this and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in person at 5796 Shelby Oaks Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. Be blessed.